All right. So we're talking about um, the Holy Spirit. It's kind of an exciting uh, study for me. The question I have for you is, um, have you ever felt at times that your Christian walk is just humdrum, is just pedestrian, is just, uh, you know, who is it, uh, either Dobson or Swindoll, one of those, wrote a book called Living Beyond Mediocrity. <laughs> Living Beyond Mediocrity. Sometimes our Christian life just gets mediocre. So that's what we're talking about today. God wants us to live more than just in our human strength. God wants to give us his own power, his own spiritual wisdom, his own spiritual power, his own spiritual strength, not only to perfect us, not only to transform us into that uh, metaphor, metamorphosized butterfly that God wants to transform us into, but God wants to use us to uh, enact his will in the world, in our little corner of the world and the world at large. It's important that we understand the Holy Spirit is a person, not just this, you know, a dove on the wall <laughs> or flames on the wall. Um, well, I wonder what happened to all those things, right? those felt things, felt posters that we used to have on the wall. Um, that's probably the the closest icon that I've seen the Holy Spirit in this church. I don't know why, in my own experience and upbringing, uh, the churches that I've been to didn't really emphasize the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives very much. Tended to maybe, I don't know if it was because of Asian sensibilities, you know, not being very demonstrative in our enthusiasm and, and worship, or... If it was just uh, maybe a, maybe an emphasis in the knowledge, Bible knowledge part of the Christian walk, a lot of if you go to a church that has Bible in their name, you kind of know what to expect <laughs> that they're going to emphasize, you know, uh, everyone cracking open their Bible and going through a passage and and uh, going through it verse by verse, possibly. And uh, I've heard uh, ministers just bemoan messages that they've heard. Man, the pastor didn't even talk about the scripture one bit. You know, here's the title, here's the scriptural reference. They didn't even talk about the, the passage. And they're just berating, <laughs> you know, the minister's uh, quality of their message. So the Holy Spirit, it's kind of exciting. It's been a kind of exciting study. I've even come upon uh, other contemporaries that kind of look down on those that didn't have, you know, the Holy Spirit within them or being baptized by the Holy Spirit or speaking in tongues and et cetera. But we have learned in our study that the Holy Spirit is a person, is on par, equal with Jesus and God. And we've learned that God has been always with us. Through our creation, God was with us. 
When we were formed in our mother's womb, God was with us. Even when we were not walking with God, God was with us. And then we finally came to faith through the prompting of God's spirit. God's spirit comes inside us, resides in us. And this other area, like I said, which is kind of sometimes foreign to many people and churches, is that God could come upon us and supercharge us with moments of clarity, moments of wisdom, and moments of power. Who doesn't need extra power to live their lives? All right, that's another uh, way to get into this message. Uh, maybe you are hearing this like, oh, we don't believe in speaking in tongues. That's kind of maybe your, maybe your reaction to me bringing up the topic. Uh, no, speaking in tongues is out of control. <laughs> you know, that, that's, a, that's a human thing. I've read videos, you know, people are just faking it. You know, just pure pressure. But think about it. Who needs more of God in our lives, right? You could relate to that. What are you going through? Either a stage in your life, the struggles, the challenges, who needs more power in their life, more wisdom? This is being open to God's spirit in our walk. So we uh, pose the question, can you lose the Holy Spirit? Not really, you can't lose the relationship, but it is like a relationship. However, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can tampen down that relationship, just like a human relationship, where you're close to somebody and then not close. There's a rift between the relationship, and it just, the relationship could be neglected. We could absolutely grieve the Holy Spirit by entertaining continual unrepentant sin in our lives right? We talked about last time, a whole laundry list of things. And now we're going to get to the good stuff. How can we renew, how to renew the Holy Spirit in our lives, right? This is something I was never mentored (laughs) along with, not very much. I remember in seminary class, I had a convergence of four or five seminarians converge on me when I pose a question. I go, "Uh, it seems curious to me that why would God's Holy Spirit come on one church congregation and then not another? (laughs) I had to to back up in the room a little bit as people came toward me of, of, uh, uh, of the debate of uh, who was right and who was wrong. And uh, I, uh, there was another student that was very gentle and moderate, and he said he, you know, he prayed to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and was, was able to worship in, in tongues. And I spoke, felt comfortable talking with him after class of asking him kind of, inquiring questions of what's it like what did you do where you know how did you do it how did you get mentored in that what does it do for you um etc and at that time uh i guess he mentored me in 
praying to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I can tell you at that time, tongues of fire did not come on my head. <laughs> I did not feel heaven open. I didn't feel the, the windows open and a rush of wind come in. And uh, I did not speak in tongues, nor have I, to my knowledge, I don't know if I have. Um, so that is my experience. But how do we renew that Holy Spirit in our lives? We're going to be looking at some scripture here. So Ephesians 5 says, continually be being filled with the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so it kind of brings up this question, okay, if God came into our lives. Everyone has the Holy Spirit, all right? And these are the debates that you'll hear if you look on online with different experts for those that believe that the signs and wonders was for apostolic times, was for a different dispensation or a period in time. You'll hear different arguments. But here it says... The Apostle Paul is encouraging the congregation to continually be being filled. And I think it has to do with these things that are coming out of Scripture. Is that one is there is a formula. <clears throat> and it's not just, it is laying on of hands, okay? But you will learn later, it's not just a trick, <laughs> okay? That <clears throat> if if you had laying on of hands, that, that, that is not the key, the trick, the secret. However, it is explained in Scripture. But I think it has, I think this is one of the keys, and that is continually being filled. How do we do that? But we continually repent, okay? Repentance is continually being filled. So I don't want you to just think that well, I accepted Christ, you know, in 1692. <laughs> All right? I was baptized by full immersion in 1693. I've done it, okay? The key is continually being baptized by the Holy Spirit. We talked about immersion, to be overwhelmed like a tie-dye shirt, to be dunked, to be soaked to be penetrated by God. It's not that we were just, oh, I was dunked once, as one of my relatives once said, as he was getting older. I was dunked once. All right? But the key is continually being filled by the Holy Spirit. How do we do that? I believe it's continually repentance. Continual repentance away from our carnal way, right? Away from our selfish way to God's way. And the Apostle Paul lists, you know, a huge laundry list, list of things. So how do we do it? I think I have experiences periodically, and sometimes it had to do with uh, what we call a mountaintop experience. Any of you that have been on retreats or a week-long camp, 
you're like immersed, right, in Christian fellowship. You're immersed in good food. There's no work. There's no stress. There's teaching in the morning. There's teaching in the evening. There's small groups where you discuss things and share things with your life. You are immersed with God's spirit and God's family and the body of Christ. I have experienced that. I'm sure some of you have as well. And there's also accountability, right? There's accountability. There's not idle time. You're just fully immersed. So I think how to renew the Holy Spirit in our lives is repentance is a key. And the second is accountability. Accountability. And I believe everyone needs these three relationships. A Paul-type figure in our life for accountability and teaching a Timothy to serve, and a Barnabas for mutual support. I've said this before, but I think it's, this kind of came to mind when we're at a retreat or at a church camp where we're fully immersed. There's accountability in that week. A Paul-type figure. There's Timothy, people to serve. There is a Barnabas. There's mutual support in the small group. So how to renew the Holy Spirit, how to continually be being filled by the Holy Spirit, definitely, I believe, involves repentance and accountability. Having a Paul over us. So the church board and your church is often asking, how do we grow, all right? And it can get depressing. Well, we've tried different things to grow, and it hasn't worked. Well, I'm going to challenge you. This is how you grow. This is how God wants you to grow, is continual repentance, accountability. Ask someone, place yourself under a Paul in your life. So I Write down Paul, put a question mark. Who is your Paul in your life? Who holds you accountable for teaching, etc.? Timothy, who is your Timothy? Who are you investing your life in? Who are you serving? And then who is your Barnabas, your Barnabai, your Barnabas partners? Who are the people that support you, that you could share things in confidence? That's how we grow. Finally, have a, having a repentant heart, being open to God's baptism or immersion, permeating, overwhelming us with God's Holy Spirit, God's ways, not our ways. Us, I put dying, not dead dying, like dying to ourselves, but like tie-dyeing, <clears throat> soaking us, a white t-shirt, becoming like if you what, put it in the washer something white with something red, right? What, what happens to your white shirts? They turn pink, right? They permeate it. They ruin it. Dying, permeating. I think that's what baptism means, baptism by the Holy Spirit. I believe that's what continually being filled by the Holy Spirit is to be open to God's overwhelming us. I love this about uh, 
the Apostle Paul, in his discussion, the difference between the fruit of the Holy Spirit and the uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit, he says, of these things, I don't want you to be ignorant about these things. So you need to study it, learn about it. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Just write down Galatians 5.22. Love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit are characteristics that all believers are to develop, aspire to, gradually. It is universal and it's not optional. That's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. God wants us to, God wants to baptize us, permeate us. He wants to turn us pink if we're a white t-shirt, okay? He wants to dye us with his characteristics. They're universal for everybody, and they're not optional. They're not talents. <clears throat> they're not the things that you did as a profession, such as, such as singing, playing piano, sports. That's not a Holy Spirit. That's not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's not a gift of the Holy Spirit. Those may be talents that God gave you. You may have had a certain role in your profession, but that's not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is not optional. <clears throat> now, what's the difference between the gifts of the Holy Spirit? <clears throat> the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not universal. You can't aspire to be a prophet, teacher, or healer just because you want to, <laughs> okay? If you don't got the gift, you don't got the gift, right? <laughs> it's just like the, the joke about the, the pastor teacher saying, uh, I've got the gift of preaching, I got the gift of preaching, I've got the gift of preaching. And his congregation is saying, no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> uh, it, it's something you can't develop. It's something you can't go to school for. It's something you can't <clears throat> just learn on your own in your human strength because it's a God-given strength, okay? And it's not something that everyone is to aspire to, okay? Not, it's not a career, it's not a spiritual career path that you go to Bible study, then you go to seminary, and then you're going to become a pastor, and etc. That's not the progression. But God gives specific gifts of the Holy Spirit that are God-given. He endows every believer with gifts. It's your charisma, okay? I love that word. I did a, a message on that about charisma. God gave gifts. I think there's a book called that. God gave gifts. Right? We all like charisma, right? We like at a party or a family gathering. We love uh, gravitate toward people who have charisma, right? We love that word. What's the root word of charisma? Charis. Charis. What is the word of charis? What does that mean? A gift gift 
God gives us charisma. God gives us gifts, especially for the good of the body. So now, what does God use this for? The body of Christ is like an organization. Christ is the CEO. He's the head. The Holy Spirit is like the nervous system that connects every piece and part. And what are we? We are the different parts. We are like the hand, the foot, the internal organs, the muscles. Okay? We all have a role to play. You could jot down 1 Corinthians 12, 4. There are some, say, 22 individual gifts or charisma, char- gifts that God gives us. We don't... Uh, we can't possess them all. I kind of like to say it's kind of like personality, personality tests. Uh, they say your personality doesn't really, ch- doesn't really change over time. Some people, got, some people uh, God made us as an introvert. Some made us as an extrovert. Some are detailed persons. Some people are big picture people. That's just how God, what do they say? That's how we are wired or how we are created. Well, the same with God's organization. God's whole spiritual gifts, they're, he describes in 12.4, the Apostle Paul, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work within you. So God delegates, right? God delegates. God ascended to heaven. Jesus ascended to heaven. And he gave us his Holy Spirit to work out his will through the body of Christ. And we are part of that body. It's an amazing thing that God chooses to use little old me and you. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 continues on. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for what? The common good of the body of Christ. To one there is given the Spirit of a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge, to another a, but by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to another, and still to another, interpretation of those tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. He distributes them to each one just as he determines. Continuing on in verse 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 12. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. And he goes on to continue. Whether Jew or Gentiles, slave or free, we are all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. He goes on to give an example. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. So it's talking about hierarchy, value, 
and all those other things. I kind of skipped over that part. But 1 Corinthians 12 talks about a great CEO does not try to do everything, but delegates power, and that's how Christ's body works. A, a great CEO knows their strengths and weaknesses, surrounds themselves with experts, and God in Christ does the same. God equips us with charisma, gifts to build up the body, as Ephesians says, as each one does its part. That takes the pressure off the minister <laughs> uh, and actually is instructive for any minister uh, because there's a lot of pressure, right, for a congregation to want to call a minister to what? Be everything. Do everything. Oh, you should, you should see the job descriptions that I've, some of the job descriptions that I've read, you know? <laughs> I've had some <laughs> job description of even an interim pastor or a part-time minister. You would think they're looking for the second coming of Christ to come again. <laughs> you know? Nobody could fill those shoes. So the wonderful encouragement, continuing on in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. You are a key to a functioning body as each part one does its part. From him, the whole body is joined together and held together in every, by every supporting ligament. It grows and builds itself up in love as each one does its part. So then summarizing, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is universal. <clears throat> we, every believer is to develop the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, gentleness, self-control. It's not optional. However, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are given and cannot be obtained just because you, we want it if it's not given. They also can be neglected, however. In 1 Timothy 4.14 um, talks about the Apostle Paul exhorting Timothy not to neglect the gift that God gave him. You know, whatever it was. It was probably prophecy or pastor shepherding or something like that, right? Some type of leading role or teaching role. So a gift of the Holy Spirit, we can grieve the Holy Spirit, we can neglect and not use the gifts that God gave us. And that's something I have to thank this church for, is that since it is a small church, um, there's often needs in different areas, and guess what? Opportunity to try on different hats, right? Many of you have tried on different hats, right? done things uh, because there was a need. Maybe you didn't feel gifted at it. And then afterwards you go, I still don't feel gifted at it. And some other things, maybe you didn't know that God could even use you until you tried it on. And looking back, my goodness, I, was, I couldn't believe I was on worship team at one point. <laughs> 
on the board. I was in charge of worship. <laughs> um, me, who could barely carry a tune, was in charge of worship. <clears throat> but sometimes you don't know unless you try. Uh, sometimes they say, uh, you know, God can't really guide you, steer you where we want to go unless we just get in the car and start moving, stepping out in faith and get moving, get doing, right? Sometimes we bemoan Martha <laughs> you know, so much over Mary, right? Because Mary sat at Jesus' feet and chose the better way. Sometimes we bemoan Martha, but sometimes... We need to exhort Mary, okay, okay, time to get moving, Mary. <laughs> time to do something. Maybe she suffered from what I suffer, analysis by paralysis. Paralysis by analysis, I said it backwards. Paralysis by analysis, you know? Got to be filled with God's spirit. It's got to feel right. Or maybe she was intellectual. I got to figure out the plan, I have to figure out, it has to make sense before I step out in faith. Martha was a doer, right? She was a doer. She saw a need and she, she did it. Maybe took on too much of her, uh, took on too much responsibility. Sometimes, sometimes that's how we know what our gift is. Sometimes we get a little bully with our gift. We, we use our gift in a selfish way or in a sinful way or a not in God's way. Maybe if you have the gift of administration, uh, shepherding, uh, yeah, like, like shepherding, pastoring. If you do it in a controlling way, guess what? It gets really annoying, <laughs> right? How many of you have dogs or pets? Dogs? No dogs? No dog lovers? Oh. You know, some dogs have that shepherding instinct, right? They shepherd each other, the herd, the cattle, the, what's it called? The whatever unit, dogs, the pack, right? They, they uh, shepherd the pack. Sometimes... Our dogs get annoying because they almost trip us. Because <laughs> what they're doing, you know, humans, you know, the dogs come up to your face and want to lick you like, oh, they're expressing love toward me. Actually, what they're doing, they're smelling your breath and seeing what you ate and they're hungry is what they're doing. <laughs> they're smelling you with their tongue. And we interpret it as love and things like that. Or we wake up, oh, they're at the foot of our bed. Oh, that's so cute. They're, they're, they're saying good morning to me. No, they're shepherding you. They're like, okay, where are you at? Okay, when are you going to get up? Okay, time to get up. Come on. Come on. Let's go. Time to get going. Whereas cats, you know, they're just, where'd the cat go? <laughs> Anybody seen the cat? <laughs> and again, it comes around when it wants to come around. That's not hurting, but the dog is like right at the foot of your bed, right outside the door, just kind of waiting, you know, in sight. Oh, it loves me so much. Well, it's, it's hurting you is what it's doing, right? 
Anyway, gifts can get annoying. That's one example. Gifts can get annoying. So that's kind of one little clue into what our spiritual gift might be. Um, I like to, I used to like to say when we did our shape profile at the other church, uh, we do a little survey. Shape stands for spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, personality, and your experience. So it kind of takes the things that I'm talking about. You know, these are not gifts, talents, or your career, but you write them down, you separate them, and that kind of guides you of what you might be doing for the body of Christ. I, like to, I, I used to like to sum it up and say, were you, were you stressed and were others blessed? Were you stressed in your acts of service and were others blessed? If you're in a role and you're totally stressed about it, it might not be your personality. Might not, might, maybe it could be corrected with experience, mentoring, but maybe it's just you're not wired for that. Maybe it's not your Holy Spirit. And guess what? It's going to be stressful. <laughs> you might be able to do the role, but it's going to be stressful. Were you stressed, but were others blessed? Okay? Maybe you try, that's one of the great things about a smaller church, and maybe for young people, is to let them try on different things. And you know the same thing. When you try different things, new things, it's stressful, right? It's stressful. And you don't really know if you have the gift or not until someone says, well, give it a try. And, uh, you know, maybe it's uh, awkward and cringy in the beginning, but if you gain experience, and if others are blessed by it, that's God's, God's able to use you. So we can neglect the gifts of the Holy Spirit, 1 Timothy 4.14. And he goes on to say in 2 Timothy 1.6, is to fan into flame the gift that which is in you, interesting enough, through red, through the laying on of my hands. And is that, again, a formula? What? What is it? Uh, some commentaries I read said uh, maybe he's referred, Apostle Paul's referring to his, uh, Timothy's ordination, his, his uh, official uh, ordination, commissioning to this certain job, possibly. What are the gifts of the Holy Spirit versus Versus the fruit of the Holy Spirit that we just covered. What are the gifts? There's supposedly maybe 2018, 22 of them. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 19, if you want to jot down that reference. You don't have to write them all down, just write down the reference. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 19. Gift of wisdom. It's a God-given thing. Gift of knowledge. The gift of prophecy. Not only foretelling, but forth-telling. It's not necessarily prophecy like the year 2000, you know, 24, this is going to happen. You know, as we look at the Old Testament, New Testament, those are Old Testament prophecies. Foretelling. But nowadays, it's also interpreted as forth-telling is having a truth 
and being able to see it and utter it, okay? The gift of prophecy, all right? If you go see a counselor and someone that listens to your life situation, they go, you know what? This is what I'm saying. <laughs> That's kind of the gift of prophecy, uh, truth, forth-telling, as opposed to foretelling, predicting the future. The gift of faith, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, miracles, discernment, tongues and interpretation. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28 continues on. 28, the gift of apostleship, the gift of teaching, the gift of administration, the gift of helps. And again, in Romans 12, 7, the gift of prophecy, the gift of giving, the gift of exhortation, that is encouragement, the gift of ruling. So that's all I had for you today. Just a little study in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Hopefully you understand the difference between the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that is universal, right? Everyone is to aspire to. As we mature, we should be getting better and better and better at, at those things as we surrender to God. And then the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which are not universal, it's kind of like personality, God giving individual gifts, gifting us uniquely to be a part of the body of Christ. And that's why I like small group ministries. I have a philosophy about church health, church growth. You don't have to get the right tricks, gimmicks to grow. You can grow as an individual, like I said, having a Barnabas, Barnabas supportive people in your life. Um, like we do in the morning, we have shared time, confidential shared time, and we share what's going on in our lives. We have that support of people. Having people to serve and then submitting to a Paul in our life. So it's important to um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, um, we cannot attain them if we desire them. God gives it to them. They can lay dormant, and it's for us to be submissive and accountable to a Paul, try on different hats, and see how God guides us and leads us. Next time, do not be ignorant and how these things can get messed up. <laughs> okay. There's some other stories that uh, can mess up things. How they messed it up in, in scripture. I don't have time to share that for today. I think that's enough for today. So let's, uh, let's uh, close in prayer. God, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for the, uh, just submitting ourselves to your word. Um, looking to scripture how you have endowed us, God, with your own Holy Spirit. It's not something that uh, we're lacking, not having a second baptism or becoming charismatic, but God, that whole idea of that is being repentant in our heart and seeking uh, your gifts in our lives, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and then discovering, trying to discover what our gifts are 
to be uh, contribute in the body. God, as we show up, as we're present, just like in a small group, uh, there are participants, there are leaders, there are people we serve. God, as each one does its part, we become a functioning, healthy small groups and a healthy, functioning church body. God, we, give us, we ask that you give us wisdom. And also, as we desire the greater gifts, God, not only uh, living in our own strength, God, we open ourselves to the workings of your Holy Spirit, to live beyond mediocrity, to live beyond uh, in the empowerment of your strength, your wisdom, God, for the challenges that we have in our lives. We think of what we're going through now, God, in our own strength, in our own struggles, God. We ask for your wisdom, for your knowledge, for your discernment, God. We ask for that, and we we ask for that fresh uh, anointing, that soaking, that baptism, God, to be overwhelmed by your Holy Spirit. We all desire that, God. So we ask these things in your son's name we pray. And all God's people said, amen.